Greetings. My name is Vince Williams. I'm the President and CEO of the Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council. The Hashtag BiDiverse podcast, powered by the Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council, provides a voice to minority-owned businesses and entrepreneurs, as well as to corporations seeking to meet their diversity, equity, and inclusion goals strategically and intentionally. Hear the stories of certified minority-owned businesses and learn about their journeys, challenges, best practices, and successes. Also, discover Chicago MSDC's robust offerings to support business owners with certification, advocacy, connecting, and developing. Founded in 1968, Chicago MSDC is the premier organization that advances business opportunities for its certified Asian, Black, Hispanic, and Native American entrepreneurs. Contact us at www.chicagomsdc.org or bydiverse.net. This is Vince Williams, President and CEO of the Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council, and you're listening to Hashtag BiDiverse, powered by Chicago MSDC. What you can expect from our podcast, first-hand success stories, business opportunities that are within the pipeline, best practices, advocacy, mentorship, how and why companies should join us, all on WGN. Welcome to Hashtag BiDiverse, podcast powered by Chicago MSDC. Today we're featuring one of our stellar minority certified businesses, Trinidad LLC, and their president, Brian Ortiz. Brian, welcome to the Hashtag BiDiverse show. Well, thank you, Vince, and I appreciate the, uh, the warm welcome. Absolutely. So, Brian, tell us a little bit about Trinidad where you're located within the city, and then let's go into some more conversation about your engagement with Chicago MSDC. Well, sure. Trinidad Construction, we're a general contractor. Uh, Right now, we're headquartered out of Mokina, Illinois, down in the south suburbs, but we service the entire Chicagoland area and with our clients kind of service the greater Midwest area as well. Outstanding. And how long have you been certified with Chicago MSDC now? So we've been certified right from the get-go. I technically started the business in 2010, and one of my very first goals was to achieve certification with the uh, with the council. I knew when I started this business, unlike a lot of MBE-certified firms, I really wanted to focus on, on private sector clients. And um, I had learned prior to starting Trinidad that that the CMSDC and the NMSDC uh, might provide the best pathway to that private sector work. Outstanding. And we appreciate your continued engagement with us here at the Chicago MSDC as well. Can you tell us a little about some of the successes that you've had over the years? Uh, maybe some contracts that you've worked with. I know that you're on a few boards that uh, really are engaged around the city. How has this benefited Trinidad and your minority status? Sure. I mean, so my background, I, I grew up in a construction household. My dad was a pipe fitter. He had started his own business when I was in high school, and I kind of got to watch that develop when I was in high school. And as I went away to college, the building was growing. His business, like a lot of MBE firms, focused primarily on, on public sector work. And that was kind of our focus. So we did schools and museums and park district work. I went to work for him when I graduated college, and, and I worked for him for the first 10 years of my career. Right near the end of, of my time of working with him, 
we, we started to, to see more information out there about the CMSDC and got invited to a few events that I attended. And it was really the first time I had ever heard the term supplier diversity. You know, we had always heard about MBE requirements, but never really supplier diversity. And I, I had just sort of gotten a taste of, of the possibilities that might exist for our company in, in the um, private sector. But unfortunately, or maybe now today, fortunately, that business closed in 2005. Economy tightened up, public sector work got really competitive, and um, unfortunately, that business closed. But, I, you know, I say today part of the reason we are where we are is, is because of that journey and a lot of the lessons I learned. Um, so the way that I've built Trinidad is very different than the way we were sort of built before focusing on public work, where low price is generally the differentiator. Like I said, I reached out to CMSDC because I wanted to find corporate clients that um, would sort of recognize us for for good work, for good safety, good quality, responsiveness. And um, two weeks after I started the business, I, I was at the Chicago Business Opportunity Fair, which is an annual event that the CMSDC hosts. I met a lady named Rona Forte from Walgreens, and uh, she invited me up to meet with their construction department. And um, really, I hadn't done a single job yet. I was just sort of selling based on my my experience in the industry. And, uh, you know, people from Walgreens were willing to listen to my story. You know, they were were a, a corporate partner of the CMSDC. Like I said, they listened to my story. And within a few months, we were awarded our first two projects. And 10 years later, we've done 1,500 projects now for them in 13 states. And um, that's just one example. I, I, I'd probably attribute 90% of our customer relationships to the CBOF event every year. We try and go into that event, meet a few new corporate partners, companies that are willing to listen to our story. And, and um, you know, we now we're up to our client number 50. Uh, we just that just this year uh, we did our first project for client number 50. Absolutely. You know, not all of those customers are constantly recurring, but we probably have a base of, of 15 large corporate partners that are, are all somehow uh, affiliates or corporate partners of, of NMSDC. And, um, you know, it's, it's really been a great event for us. It's, 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 it's a game changer. And, uh, you know, we're very grateful and blessed for the opportunities we've been given. I love that. And I appreciate you sharing that story. You know, the Chicago Business Opportunity Fair is one of our signature events. And every year it's well attended by many corporations and MBEs like yourself, where we have been able to just organically make these connections. So, again, that success story is very good. But I also like that you shared that you come from a family of entrepreneurs. And that's what this is about. You end up taking that opportunity and you even looked at what was possibly considered a disruption at the time you know, during 2005 and going on, but you took it as an opportunity now to perform Trinidad. That's incredible. How many employees are you up to now? So, you know, we're construction, so the numbers go up and down, but we typically average now around 50 employees. Yeah, our workforce is comprised of union carpenters and union laborers, and then we have an office staff of, um, you know, project managers, accounting, and marketing people that support that group, but Really, that, that's that been the key to the business is understanding and, and sort of taking something that my dad taught me very early on that if I want to be great, then I need to surround myself with great people. And, and I've really been blessed. I have a, a, an amazing team here, diverse team, 
people from all different backgrounds, but we're all pulling in the same direction, uh, working hard to build something here. So it, it's, it's been exciting, a real blessing, and, and the thing that I'm most proud of here is, is the people. That's phenomenal, yeah. And, and working with diverse people, of course, we know uh, the business case for diversity is about helping contribute positively to your bottom line. And so I love that you've uh, affirmed that with your diverse workforce that you have there, too. You don't just work in the state of Illinois. You also cross uh, state boundary lines. So different states. Yeah. Unlike some other companies, maybe where you try and uh, open an office in another market, where we've been brought into other states is by our clients, you know, following our clients. They take the show on the road. If we do a good job with them, they want to continue to work with us. So, you know, at this point, it's been primarily Midwest focused. Uh, The furthest we've gone is North Dakota. We were actually working in North Dakota during the middle of the polar vortex. So as you can imagine, as cold as it was here that week, uh, we were we had imagine. people working in North Dakota with uh, temperatures of negative uh, 80 degrees. So it's exciting. I think we're going to see more of this need for our clients, not need, but our clients have asked us to travel with them. I'm, I'm 2021, I think we're going to be doing even more of that in markets around the Midwest, and we're even being approached about some work in the southeastern part of the United States. Outstanding. And I love that you're sharing, too, uh, what your strategy and plans are for 2021. I don't want to keep this all business, though, Brian. So tell us and the listening audience of Hashtag Diverse a little something about you. <laughs> well, we have a lot of fun here. People probably don't realize how, how goofy I am, and um, except for the people that work for me. And I often say, so every morning we do a, uh, a morning Microsoft Teams call, and in the afternoon we do a Microsoft Teams call. I think if somebody were to, to record those, I'd probably get locked up for sort of how goofy we are. But we have a lot of fun. It, it, it's It's you know, construction can be tough and you're dealing with a lot of tough people. Uh, the work is tough. Uh, there's a lot of pressure to get work done quickly and on time. But, you know, we, we, we make it fun. Uh, we've even had some fun with designs, with, with what we're doing with some of our, our branding this year, um, kind of tied into my, my Hispanic heritage. We, we came out with some designs that are a reflection of that and, and a little bit of a tribute tip of the hat to my dad who was well-known for years for his big handlebar mustache in the industry. So we have fun. I, you know, in my life, I've got five kids, so you can imagine my life outside of work is is crazy. That's a big part of, of defining who I am. And I have a great wife who, who puts up with my goofiness. And, you know, this this construction and, and being an entrepreneur, it's, it's not always easy. And it's funny, uh, on this journey, people have said to me at various times, oh, you know, it, it takes guts. To, uh, to start a business. And, and when times are good, you know, it, it, it's, it's easy to forget sort of how, how tough this road is. You know, my, da- my dad, like I said, was a construction worker that started his own business. Through the ups and downs of business, he had to buy his house three times, essentially, you know, uh, taking out home equity loans and, and refinancing his house to keep his business going. And, you know, me, me as well, it, it's not always easy. And there's been times where, you know, I, I, I've been feeling like, you know, is, are we near the end? Is this going to be the end? And, you know, we've been blessed to uh, to always emerge and always emerge stronger. Like I said, I'm surrounded by a great team of people, and, and that goes for home, too. You know, I have an awesome wife and, and five awesome kids that, that 
allow me to do what we do here. And um, so, you know, people don't know we, we, we we're goofy. I, I've done all kinds of crazy things. I, you know, I, I talk a lot about how I love football. I played football. I coached football, but I've also worked briefly as a ballroom dance instructor in college. I was talked into uh, uh, being a college cheerleader, and that's how I met my wife. Is that uh, so right? A little bit of little bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I need a little bit more of your college cheerleader, and you met your wife that way. <laughs> that's right. So freshman year, I went to the University of Illinois, and. Um, I tried to walk on to the football team and I had been dealing with a back injury and you go from being a big fish in a little pond to the littlest fish in a big pond. And, and I just decided that wasn't for me on a Saturday morning, uh, a group of pretty girls raided our dorm room and, and were plucking guys out of the hall looking for guys that they thought looked strong or, or at least looked athletic. And they brought us to a gymnasium that, that was full of 400 young girls, students that were trying out for the cheerleading program and there was a group of us and a couple weeks later I did my first ever backflip on the day of tryouts I ended up making the team the first person they partnered me up with was my wife Kristen and um, we didn't start dating right away but about two years later we started dating got married right after college and and like I said so we have we have five kids our son played football we have four daughters and and one of our daughters went on to become a, a cheerleader at Ohio State. So I guess it's sort of in our blood. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a great story. I appreciate that. Wow. <laughs> Showcasing how the family evolves and it, it all comes together full circle. Yeah, you know, with that, I, I tell people all the time, really, w- whatever you do, it's important to stay involved. You know, I would have never imagined that <laughs> that's how I would have been involved during college. But it led to a lot of great opportunities. We even got to speak at, at grade schools when I was in college and there was a program called Hometown Heroes, and it was just a chance to share that message. You know, you're talking to a group of, of third-grade boys, and they want to see the football player or the wrestler or the basketball player. But, um, you know, when you do a flip in front of them and throw a girl up in the air and catch her on one hand, it was, it was you know, a way to get their attention. And like I said, just a fun way to stay involved. I got to travel around the country, meet lots of cool people, and, and um, you know, and that goes for everything. The more you can be involved, the more it makes things fun. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about pivoting, how you've had to pivot, how Trinidad, I love the new logo, like you said, uh, the homage to your dad. Any plans on you growing a handlebar mustache during this pandemic? (laughs) You know, I I joke and my wife makes me uh, is quick to let me know that I'm not allowed to grow just a mustache. I do have I do have a beard. You know, pivot pivots is huge. I mean, Really, the, the first pivot was the way that we started to build Trinidad. I mean, fundamentally, pursuing work in the private sector was was a pivot and, and, and unique. You know, I up until just a few months ago where we did a museum project, we, we went for 10 years as an MBE firm strictly in the private sector. And I really think that's unheard of. I mean, when I tell people that, they're, they're blown away that we haven't uh, been, you know, gravita- gravitated toward public work. And, and our pivots along the way, you know, we've we've really tried to make the fact that we self-perform work at Trinidad a key. So self-perform meaning a lot of general contractors manage work and subcontract out the, the, all of the actual work. They're just there as a construction manager or an owner's rep. We've really made our self-perform the differentiator between us and other companies. And, and then from there, when we try and understand what are we all about, 
our, the motto we use here is good people who care. And it goes back to the idea of surrounding myself with, with great people. But our focus is finding people that are willing to go so over the top to care for our clients that the differentiator becomes the experience of working for us. In construction, we're building, you know, if we build a project and somebody else builds a project, to the untrained eye, we might have had the same drawings, and in the end, the project's going to look the same. The differentiator is the experience of working with us and finding people that are like-minded and, and believe in that. When stuff goes wrong, they're willing to do kind of whatever it takes to make it right. That, that's a game changer. And, and, and we interview for that. We, we really made it a focus in, in the way that we interview and, and, and make sure that everybody understands what we're all about because if they're not about what we believe in, sooner or later they're not going to fit in. So we, we would rather get that right up front. And, um, you know, we've, we've found clients that, that appreciate that. And, and that's that's been the biggest difference maker for us and, and the reason that we've been able to grow. And one other thing I always like to tell everybody around here is we don't look for jobs. We look for accounts. We look for clients. We're trying to build a relationship that's going to last over time and and um, we're willing to do a, a small job that's a $100, a few hundred dollar repair project, and we'll build a $20 million plus building for our clients. So it, it's just an approach of, of, of having a team here that really believes in, in going that extra mile for our clients. And, and, and it's great. You know, it makes it fun, and, and it makes our clients enjoy working with us. Outstanding. And how can our listeners contact you? Sure, I'm, I'm easy to reach. I don't mind. People can have my cell phone. It's 815-922-1885. Or you can find us on social media, Trinidad Construction, or our website, TrinidadLLC.com. Outstanding. Brian Ortiz, president of Trinidad LLC, Trinidad Construction, located in Mokina, Illinois, a valued certified minority-owned business or minority business enterprise with the Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council since 2010. Your mission, your vision, good people who care falls in line with everything that we do here at Chicago MSDC, and we're proud to have you as a partner. Well, thank you, Vince. And like I said, I, 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 I'm thankful every day for all the work and the great people at the CMSDC and everything you've done to help us grow and you know, it's, it's our mission to pay those blessings forward to, to, to new firms, small firms. And you know, if I, at the end of my career, if I can look back, one thing that our, we're trying to do here is, is change the face of, of union construction in, in, the, in Chicagoland area and, and uh, grow diversity and create opportunities for people that might not know what, what's out there for them in construction. And, and hopefully 20 years from now, the union trades are, are just as diverse as the makeup of the city of Chicago. Becoming a strategic partner with Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council puts you in front of other corporations like Allstate, United, AT&T, Walgreens, Northern Trust, AbV, and McDonald's. Some of our national members include Amazon, Facebook, Coca-Cola, Worldwide Technologies, and others.
Hi, you're listening to Vince Williams, President and CEO of the Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council, Hashtag Biodiverse Podcast. So thank you for joining Hashtag Biodiverse Podcast, powered by the Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council on WGN Radio. Today we have with us Representative Will Davis. We're honored to have him join us and talk about an important topic that impacts minority and diverse businesses. But before we begin, please allow me to share a little bit of background for you about Representative Davis. He's originally from the South Suburbs, Harvey, Illinois to be exact, graduated from Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, earning a Bachelor of Arts degree in political science. He later received his Master of Public Administration degree from Governor State University right here in the South Suburbs. He's a member of Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity, and a founding member of the Better Funding for Better Schools Coalition. Representative Davis has been recognized as the Legislator of the Year by the Illinois Association of Code Enforcement, the Illinois Primary Healthcare Association, and the Illinois Association of Park Districts. And he's here with us today to talk about the Property Tax Vendor Report, House Bill 0453. This is huge for minority and diverse businesses. Representative Davis, can you explain to our listeners what you have proposed? Well, first of all, let me uh, again then say thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on your show, participate in your podcast. Hopefully we can share some information about a piece of legislation that we think will be helpful in what I'll call the fight to try to increase uh, minority participation in local projects. There's an ongoing fight to have more participation with with state-run projects, construction, building, other service contracts as well. But now we're trying to push the envelope a little bit and go into what happens locally. Unfortunately, what we find is that our, our local mayors and our local village presidents, regardless of who they are in the communities that they represent, sometimes are not always focused on ways to increase that opportunity for minority vendors. And so sometimes what we have to do, looking at it by way of a process, beginning of that process sometimes is being able to collect the data to show what does or doesn't, in this case, doesn't happen as it relates to projects. And when we're dealing with local jurisdictions, you know, we have to kind of see what the benchmark is to try to encompass as many communities as possible to uh, to kind of encourage them to supply this information. Some communities, say like the city of Chicago, ultimately they're going to be okay, and, and they probably already have the mechanisms in place to do this. But some of our smaller communities sometimes complain that they don't have the personnel, you know, they don't, they don't have what's necessary to try to do this and collect this information, and we're just simply saying that figure out how to do it. You know, this is important. And, and if you're not going to just overtly have the uh, actions that would otherwise suggest that when contractors come to your communities, when developers come to your communities, that you are not asking and demanding in some cases that they, that they put their local, your local minority businesses on the project. I mean, these businesses are certified. They are more than capable of handling the project. And you just got to push back on the developers to say, well, okay, well, we've got some minority contractors that you got to work with. We know you bring in some of yours that do your projects nationwide, 
But locally, we need to have some of this tax revenue circulated in our community. Our local vendors hire local people to do the work. This is a great opportunity for us. And simply put, you know, um, is that what we're saying is that any taxing district that has an aggregate property tax levy of more than $5 million, which by the grand scheme of things really isn't a lot of money, that they shall make a good faith effort to collect and then publish on their respective website data for, for vendors and subcontractors doing business with the taxing district, particularly as to whether that vendor is minority-owned, women-owned, veteran-owned business, and whether or not the subcontract is a small business. So we're just asking really for them to report out information. But the more you report it out, the more you're kind of sending the message to a developer who wants to come to your community, hey, look at all these great contractors we got out here. We want you to use some of them on your project in all kinds of ways, trucking, building, landscaping, you know, drywall, glass. Professional services, everything. Absolutely professional services. You are spending all of this money in our community. Why would we not want you to spend some of it with the businesses and the owners that live in our community? Simply put. Outstanding. Outstanding, Representative Davis. So it makes sense to me, and I know I'm speaking from the lens of an organization that provides these certified suppliers, if you will, these certified minority businesses for them to use. And I can tell you the, the the conversations that I continue to hear is, well, we just couldn't find them. <laughs> Hogwash, right? Absolutely. Hogwash. Absolutely. We know that they exist and it's there. Let me ask you this question. What do you think the chances are that this will pass? Well, I'm always optimistic that I can pass legislation. And again, it's just asking you to compile data, compile right. information. And Mm -hmm. and publish that information on your respective website. So I'm always optimistic, but sometimes when you require groups, organizations to do things, sometimes that's when they fight back the hardest. And but uh, unfortunately, this type of effort really just illustrates the lack of those communities really working to make sure that their local businesses get opportunity here. And again, nobody's saying that it has to be all local. We understand that, you know, nationwide developers already have a cadre of kind of prime contractors that they work with. Okay, we get that. But what about using local small business contractors to do some of the work? I mean, if you're spending hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, like, for instance, here in the south suburbs, as you know, Vince, Markham is Mm -hmm. completing building an Amazon. University Park is building, going to build one. And Matheson is completing building an Amazon. Just completing it, absolutely. That, that's probably close to three quarters of a billion dollars in development. And you mean to tell me you can't find enough contractors that can do some of that work? Enough minority contractors. Enough minority contractors that can do that work. But again, if when a developer shows up on the doorstep of a municipality, that should be one of the first questions that they ask. Okay, what's the process? What are we going to do to help and allow for our local minority contractors to participate in this project? Let's let's have that conversation first. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's phenomenal, especially when we're able to provide them now with this data saying, hey, you can't tell us you can't find them. We have them. Here's the data that supports it. And so you need to put it in place. Absolutely. Mandatorily put it in place. Not by happenstance. This is it. 
You are absolutely right, Vince. We have to start pushing back on this. And, I mean, there's the, there's always a risk because development is, is desired in so many different places that, you know, they could go elsewhere. But, you know, what I think developers see out here in the South suburbs is such a unique opportunity and such unique potential to do these kinds of things. And if we project down the road, at least for the South suburbs, we are getting closer and closer to signing the deal and turning the shovel on building a third airport. So to have so many logistical facilities out here in the South suburbs, you know, knowing that a third airport is coming, South suburban land is going to be very valuable. Absolutely. And and they're going to want to come here. But again, it's a two-way street. We want to have you here, but we need you to do something for us in the process. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is powerful, Representative Davis. What can the minority and certified businesses and the diverse businesses, if you will, help to push this legislation forward? Well, one one of the things that we, we hope to do, Vince, moving forward is to help increase the level of understanding of the legislative process for businesses, business owners. There are some uh, growing organizations like yours, obviously which certainly understands the legislative processes at both the, the, the individual state as well as the federal level, of course. But there are other groups that are growing, that are growing their, their memberships out here. One that I'll point out specifically is the Black Contractors, Owners, and Executives Organization, or called DECO. And what I've been doing is pushing those groups into learning and understanding the legislative process. When you have an organization whose mission is to allow for groups to come together to talk about, to discuss, you know, to commiserate together. Uh, share on, best on, practices. Share and best also... practices, mm-hmm. but, but also to talk about the challenges to the extent in which those challenges can be addressed through the legislative process. That's the next level that you got to get to to try to help make things better for the individuals and the organizations and businesses that you are representing as part of your organization. You know, so learning how to talk about, you know, drafting legislation or at least getting hiring the right people that can draft legislation and making uh, relationships or building relationships with legislators who will introduce that legislation for you and walk it through the process and then encouraging the advocacy side of things. So the membership needs to understand how to advocate for pieces of legislation. You know, to, understood, to know that there is a House Bill 453 out there and that they should be calling their legislators and saying, hey, I need you to support House Bill 463. Or as organizations, being able to share with your members, how do you go onto the state's website, the General Assembly website, and be able to fill out a witness list to say, I support that bill. And those are the things that get read into the record. They'll become part of the permanent record when bills are are walking through the process. And And the sponsor of the bill, if they can look back and say, you know what, I've got... 150 minority businesses that support this bill, and they're in these districts. So your constituents support this bill. To be able to say that on the floor when you're debating the issue, it just it just gives it something else. Now, sometimes that doesn't change anyone's mind, but again, at least we're acknowledging that businesses understand the process and are making their voices known relative to encouraging their legislators to support it because the reality event is that some of our small businesses, whoever owns them, they don't all live in districts represented by African-American members. They live in districts of, of white members, Latino members. They live in Republican districts. 
So there's no reason, regardless, if you live in that district and that's where your voting power is, there's no reason why you shouldn't be telling your representative or at least suggesting or encouraging them that support this bill, I support this bill, and I need you to support it because what I'll get on the House floor when I'm debating it, I didn't hear from anybody in my district. Right. I didn't hear that. So, wow. so there's just another level of advocacy that these business owners and the people that work for them have to step their game up to be able to understand the process and to be able to advocate at this next level of advocacy. I love that. I love that. That's great. And so that is one of the things that at Chicago MSDC we really look to do for our minority businesses. Our four pillars are certify these businesses, connect these businesses, develop these businesses, and lastly, but not least, advocate for these businesses. And so that's where our conversation today really wanted to to hone in on this great legislation pact, if you will, that you're putting together to ultimately help these businesses not only sustain, but also to develop, to grow, to connect, but, but to see what other possibilities are there for us. And particularly Black businesses, which we know have been impacted the most during this pandemic. Yeah. Can you share, is there anything else happening in Congress that would impact minority businesses moving forward? But let me just obviously throw a, a big thank you out to our suburban U.S. Representative, Rob Kelly, who is working real hard to make sure that as these federal packages come together to provide relief, that there is specific relief in it for small businesses, for minority businesses, particularly those that are out here. You know, she's working hard to at least make sure the dollars are included. Now it's up to us to share, share how we go about accessing those dollars making sure that we get the applications in and that the applications are done appropriately. You know, we don't want to get kicked out because of a technicality because we've, we left some very important information out of the application. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, so I know she's working, working real hard to do so. And as far as the uh, state legislature is concerned, as you know, um, with the effort of Senator Chris Belt from the Metro East area and Representative Sonia Harper from the uh, south side of Chicago, the economic development and uh, pillar of the Black Caucus Black Lives Matter agenda passed and will be signed into law by the governor, which offers a lot of forward-thinking help for small businesses. There's pieces of it that help contracting and contractors uh, that, that help to make sure that the opportunities exist, not only in the construction, but we mentioned earlier about professional development, uh, professional services as well. And that's just the beginning. You know, it, it's quite possible that this bill didn't cover everything. So what else is out there? So there will be more, there will be need for more legislation moving forward to try to address, you know, what we didn't get to the first time. Uh, legislation is an ever-evolving process. And so we encourage that participation about what we didn't get and what we need to make sure is included. I have sponsored a bill. Uh, other members, particularly the Black Caucus, are sponsoring bills to try to address pieces of the continuum of on ways to try to help small businesses access all of the hundreds of millions of dollars that we're spending at the state level, other efforts to try to push those efforts uh, down to local municipalities, like the bill we were talking about earlier. And there are others because all of this money is out. When there is a statement about being broke and not having any money, that's, that's a lot. 
the state of Illinois. <laughs> tell me, tell me what you really want me to hear. <laughs> we're spending hundreds, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars in a lot yes. of different areas, and we need to make sure that we're staying vigilant to make sure those opportunities exist uh, for minority businesses in particular. So we'll keep fighting that, and we hope that people will continue to watch our efforts, um, pay attention to what we're doing, support when they can. Uh, and advocate when they can what we're doing. We we need it across the board. I love it. And so this is really looking positive for a lot of minority businesses and businesses in general, if you will, for Illinois in particular, even with the struggles and the economic disruption that we're all experiencing. True, true. Um, but we just have to keep fighting. You Absolutely. Know, there, there, there's no one magic pill or thing that takes us different. We have to keep fighting. We have to keep working. And when the problems come up and they need fixing, you know, we need the right people to say, hey, here's another thing that we need to do and work with us to make sure we get it done. Outstanding. Well, Representative Davis, this is exactly what we wanted to talk with you about. I appreciate your time with sharing with us this initiative here for House Bill 453. I want you to know that the Chicago MSDC values you. We value your partnership and we look forward to your advocacy. And so if there's anything that we can do to help with getting this bill in front of the right people to make sure that it's heard and that our businesses are are being listened to when it comes to uh, to this on all levels, please let me know. Let us know. I certainly uh, will. Because that this is really, really good stuff for us. Great. Well, I appreciate it. Appreciate the, the conversation today. Thank you for your interest in helping us to continue to keep the spotlight on these types of efforts. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. You've just heard Representative Will Davis on Hashtag by Diverse, powered by the Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council here on WGN Radio. Representative Davis, thank you again. My pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Hashtag by Diverse, powered by the Chicago Minority Supplier Development Council on WGN Radio. www.chicagomsdc.org.